Coming up, are you heading to the parks later in the day or maybe to Halloween Horror Nights and you need a little liquid encouragement before you go in? Well, we're going to tell you what we believe are the best places to pregame before hitting the parks or Halloween Horror Nights. And we're going to give you a little bit more. So, from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Dis Unplugged. This is episode 233 of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. The Dis Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. The Dis Unplugged Universal Edition is also brought to you by Disboards.com. If you're looking for even more information to help you plan your universal Orlando vacation, head over to Disboards.com and join the discussion today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams. Today, I'm joined along beside my co-host, joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hi. That's it. <laughs> Sorry. I was like breaking down. I'm like, I, how sentences, how do they work? Sentence. How should they how work? How do work? How do they work? How, how should work? they work? Hey, y'all, we're back. So it's been uh, been a couple minutes. It's been a while. And uh, I know it's been been very spotty because we keep having these random trips to California that end up interfering with our show. And we do apologize by that. But, hey, we're back right now. Guess who's back? Back again. It's me. It's Rhino. And we've got some Universal stuff to talk about. So very, very exciting. And uh, this is a, you know, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a one of those episodes that I like to call the filler so. The ones that aren't that great, but uh, we we have to do them anyways because we've missed a while. Front. <laughs> no, I have to figure be- that out later. Yeah, they, you can figure it out later. But I'm just apologizing for advance when you're like, mm, isn't this one this a is little not a far filler episode? Because we have a wonderful interview to get. To. We we do we do. So that's but that's why I mean that it's a filler episode and that the the interview that we did only ran so long enough that it's like that we. We didn't want to put out just that as its own episode because it was a little on the shorter side. Uh, and it, it, a great interview. I should have mentioned that in the cold open, too. We were lucky enough, uh, gracious enough to – not gracious enough, but lucky. And, yeah, I feel gracious about it. That We you, graciously accepted Yes, the we did graciously accept the invitation. Universal asked us to come out and uh, take part in a, a whole bunch of interviews that were happening at, at Universal Studios Florida inside the, the radio broadcast center. And we got to interview – View Charles Gray, one of the men behind Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, specifically, he he was in charge of creating a lot of the creative development with five of the houses for the event, and we got to do a, a nice, quick little interview with him. And uh, it's a really fun. We're going to show that to you in just a couple minutes. Uh, but yes, after we just felt like that wasn't just enough information for you, so we wanted to throw in a little bit more meat and potatoes on this episode. So because of that, we're also going to talk about uh, five places that. We think, uh, for the most part, we agree that uh, if you're you're getting ready to do the parks later on in the day, if it's like maybe the summertime, the parks are open later at night, or if we're talking about Halloween Horror Nights, a place where you can start getting, uh, start getting some liquids in you a little bit sooner than, than you expected. So uh, we're, we're pretty much in agreement on that list. Uh, I threw out one that Rhino just went and looked at me and said, oh, okay. And actually, he did that with two of them. Oh, 
We did. I did that. I threw out two, and one of them he adamantly went okay and so we we nixed that from the list but then the other one i'm being insistent that it stays on he probably forgot about it by now and i'm okay with that i did forget about it fantastic excellent excellent so uh without further ado we're going to jump into our our discussion with charles gray about halloween horror nights and uh, this was really fun to do so i hope that y'all out there enjoy watching it as much as we did uh, getting to do the interview so Let's take a look at it. And we have made it here to Universal Orlando to the Radio Broadcast Center, where Rhino and I are joined by Charles Gray, who uh, is one of the men behind everything that you will experience here at Halloween Horror Nights. But Charles, your your specific uh, your specific uh, role puts you in charge of a lot of the houses, correct? That's correct. We have uh, multiple show directors working on the event, uh, but I'm a, sh- a show director in charge of five of the ten houses. Oh, well, which houses? Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, Graveyard Games, Depths of Fear, Killer Clowns, and Yeti Terror of the Yukon. You just literally named my top five houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, obviously, Ghostbusters this year is is the big talking point behind uh Everyone who is attending to this event, uh, everyone just seems to be enamored with Ghostbusters. I'm actually, while I love Ghostbusters, I'm a huge fan of Graveyard Games. I just think it is absolutely wonderful and killer clowns from outer space. It's just the the fact that you guys could bring it back for a second year this time in a house, even better. But uh, besides, I mean, I, we could sit here for hours i'm sure just talking about all the awesome things inside the houses but one of the things i was hoping to uh, actually get from you today is a little bit more of an in-depth look at how you're bringing these houses to life so uh, I, I guess my first question would be when you're 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 putting together a house. I know. I know. We've said you've said in the past. Uh, everyone from Halloween Horror Nights and such that sometimes the work for next year's event starts even before the event's over. But for for some of like the the intellectual property houses, are those the ones that are getting started first, or is it more of uh, the the your own original creations, or which which ones are the ones that you start really focusing on first? It varies year to year. Sometimes we'll know. Uh, for example, when we did American Horror Story, we knew that we wanted to bring that back right away. So we began work on it right with yeah. the next year, right, right away. And sometimes there's stuff that comes later on in the game. It really depends on a relationship, uh, what's out there, what's coming out. Um, and so, you know, we kind of start the year with a bucket full of ideas, you know, eight or 10, and it kind of sifts through and see, see what works out from a business sense but with all those in mind the original content we start looking at what those what's in that ip bucket the intellectual property bucket and we don't want to replicate anything in there so for example this year we knew we had ghostbusters but we could still do a ghost house because it was two completely different types of yeah. of ghosts and experiences that you would have so graveyard games could live alongside a ghostbusters Oh, absolutely, and it does very, very well. Uh, so when you start, when you start looking at especially like the intellectual property houses and picking out the iconic scenes, is it is it kind of a group collaboration? Is it the the property holders that you're working with want to see something out of it, or is it just really like whoever is taking the lead on it and most passionate about the properties you're actually working with? Um, usually, is there's a scenic designer. 
matched with a show director, and the two of us together will work through the IP, like watching either the episodes of the television show or or the film itself. Uh, and then we usually have a third person in there, whether it be the uh, manager of some sort, just like that third tiebreaker voice in there. It could be another senior designer or another show director. But we try to at least have three people in the room because we lovingly argue, <laughs> as we like to say. So it's always nice to have that tiebreaker in there, too. Um, but we really pick it pick everything apart like what would be great for a house um what type of scares we would like to see what we can accomplish what we would like to push the envelope on uh, what's appropriate to the story we're trying to tell for example killer clowns is not a chronological telling Mm -hmm. it's more of a scenic telling so everything that happens in the streets will be in scene one everything that happens residentially will happen in scene two we don't we usually do a lot of chronology uh, in our storytelling, but yeah. that one was kind of a fun way to to group the scenes together. Yeah. How do you ultimately end up which which area of the park the house is going to go into? Do you just know it right away, or do you kind of go through the story and then you're like, this needs to be longer, we need it in a bigger space? Um Gosh, uh, uh, yes, <laughs> it is. There's so it is a, a big Rubik's cube yeah. type puzzle where one thing will affect another. You know, we like to spread the love, as we like to say, real estate wise. So we're not going to have you know, the the top IPs all living in one section of the park. We're yeah. going to spread it out so that way, you know, as you go through your night and your journey, you know, you, you'll you'll encounter the things that you want to see, but it's peppered throughout uh, the real estate here. Okay, that's cool. Is there sort of – I've always been fascinated by the process of, you know, they're, they're continually reusing spaces from years past. And is it just locked down where you're like, okay, this hallway is this amount of length. This is where like in Ghostbusters, let's say this is the perfect hallway where we're going to put Slimer. This will be where the firehouse is. Or is it like do you have a computer program that helps you with that? Or like I, I'm I'm just always fascinated by that sort of production standpoint where you, you it all seems to just fit perfectly and there's very little wasted space at universal orlando when it comes to halloween horror nights you are correct when you say there's very uh, little wasted space we try to use every inch but also our ideas and our thoughts and our our, the way we want to tell the story is on paper first and in a narrative form which is very important because uh it's hard it's it would seem to be easier to create it and draw it out first Mm -hmm. but really it, it is about the narrative, the story you want to tell. And then sometimes we'll go through and as they sketch up in their computer models what this might look like, we realize that, that we're going to have to switch scene three with scene seven or something like that. But that rarely happens. Usually we find ways to make it work. Yeah. How early do you get started on uh, the properties? Because I imagine that's a that's going to be one of those things you want to figure out really early on so that you're not, you know, a month before Halloween Horror Night starts. You're like, oh. Shoot, we got to move this. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, TJ Manorino, who's uh, one of our vice presidents, was one of the first creators at Halloween all the way back in the very oh, wow. beginning in the early, early 90s. And he was joking the other day that, that he was brought on in August to start a Halloween that opened in October. Oh, my God. So <laughs> that was the very beginnings of Halloween Horror Nights. Now, we're having discussions in June yeah. about what maybe what IPs we'd like for the next year to even currently creating for the next year. So yeah. it's about a 14-month process now, and it has to be that way. Yeah. You know, There's a lot more detail, a lot more uh, – a, a larger scope that we have here. We're completely turning the park into a whole new theme park yeah. 
in an hour's time. It's like a ballet of forklifts <laughs> an hour beforehand. It's, oh. ju- it's, it's just fascinating to me because this year, I feel like especially is that storytelling, it, it has transferred outside of the houses in years past, but I was just walking around and it's just like the little details from like lighting effects to to the the smoke effects the lagoon show it just seems like again we already said it but at every inch of everywhere in this park is like you just said transforms it into this whole new whole new place and i have to imagine that puts a lot of pressure on like anniversary years like next year maybe i don't know have you already started the process on 30 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can't tell us anything, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> but switching over back to the original houses, with, with those, uh, one of the houses this year is, like, Nightingale's Blood Pit, which is a sequel house. Uh, when do you guys, like, when do you feel it's necessary to create sequels to, to some of these houses? Because it's not the first time that you've done it before. Like, uh, wh- what inspires you to just bring something back, like Nightingale's, which hasn't, it was in 21, and then it had a brief appearance in Monsters Mayhem in 25, and now now it's back in 29. What, 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 wh- where do you, like, just get that decision from? You know, it changes every year, and it, it's, it is kind of funny. We don't know. I joke with Patrick a lot, the other show director, about we don't know whose idea started it, where it began. But, and that's kind of our mission. It's so collaborative that by the end of the process, not one person can say, that's mine, or I did that. You know, it really is a lot of, you know, Blake does streets. I, that's not my thing, but... I have talked to him about some of the street moments or things that, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? And he, he yeah. sits in when we talk about the houses, too. So it really, although I am heading up five of the houses with the scenic designers, it's it's not me. It's It really is a, a huge collaborative process. There's a lot of hands that go into this. And what we started with on paper never is what it ends up being because you know we have all these different designers makeup lighting audio everybody kind of putting their own little twist and thumbprint on it so by the time it gets to you guys it 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 really has had a lot of hands touching it yeah i was i was thinking about that today in a way where uh, you know a lot of uh, horror night fans love stuff in face sif as as it's called and i was thinking like there are some houses like Ghostbusters where you don't have a lot of those distractions throughout, which makes it really, really easy to to see all of the beautiful work that went on in that house. But then there's other houses where it distracts you just well enough that you're kind of caught off guard pulling stuff away from your face, and then all of a sudden you get a scare with it. And like sometimes I was like just thinking to myself like is there ever a time where you're doing that in a in like an intellectual property house and then you feel like it takes away from the story and who who ultimately makes those decisions so it's it's i, I know that wasn't a question that was more of a <laughs> but, innate but sense I of just rambling want to jump but, off what you said about you said that in ghostbusters a beautiful scenery and and it does we don't have the stuff in your face to block it but that beautiful beautiful scenery is now the stuff in your face yeah yeah it's now the hmm. stuff that distracts you so that a terror dog can attack you from the side yeah slimer can get you so that was on purpose it was it was really you become more enthralled by the scenic and decor and the the moments that you remember from the film and that serves as a distraction i i think uh i mean i i hate to keep bringing it back to ghostbusters and take away from original properties but i just i'm 
kind of blown away because that's the first for, for me it took it took a couple of years to work up to be able to keep continually doing this because I'm, I'm a scaredy cat so it was like i would come one year look at everything but not go in a house and leave and then next year i was like okay one house and then i now i'm frequent fear you know and i come like almost every night of the events and i for me ghostbusters is the first house where i can tell people where i'm like you know what this is a great house like it has scares but it, it really it has that um that sort of like emotional experience you go through in the movie that exists there. And I think that would be like an incredible house to just keep all year. Do you ever have those that you're like, I'm going to be really sad when this one goes you know? every single house. Yeah. I, I shed a tear when it goes away, yeah. but, but we create new ones every single year. And I think that's what brings people back because they want to see, you know, the, what, what, what we're going to do next. Yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I could, I would take Ghostbusters Mason, yeah. put in my backyard yeah. if I could. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just wrapping things up here, I know this would have been better for the introduction of you, but you know, obviously a lot of people would love to get into this. What what drew you into this to to make this your path with Halloween Horror Nights and stuff? Um, it is funny that that no one of us in the group has the same story, you know, and mine really was starting as a performer here in the park and uh, actually played Lewis Tully in the old Ghostbuster oh, cool. show. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was one of my favorite roles. But just working as a performer and then slowly getting more into writing and more into directing and then given the opportunity and then I just ran with it from there. Um but again, everybody has a different story, and if and people always ask, like, how can I do what you do? I say, you you can't wait for the opportunity to come to you. You have to always be working towards writing, directing, doing those kinds of things. So that way, when if an opportunity does ever come your way, you have a great resume going. Oh, look at all the cool things I've done, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's that's always important. Always honing your craft. Always trying to get better. And that's what we do every single year here at Universal Orlando is try to make it better every single year. And I think this year we've knocked it out of the park. And I can't wait to see you guys' faces when you come out of <laughs> these houses, especially you, because you said you're oh, a yeah, scaredy cat. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's an amazing event. Of course, uh, it is currently running, already kicked off. Uh, back on September 6th, and it's going to be running all the way through November 2nd. You can come out, see the Ghostbusters house that we just talked about 900 times in this this little interview here. Of course, Stranger Things, uh, Universal Monsters is back, Jordan Peele's involved with us, plus a lot of original creations. Uh, Academy of Villains is back another year. The very awesome Lagoon Show, Halloween Marathon of Mayhem that I keep watching every single time I'm mm -hmm. here. Uh, the Scare Zone's involved. It's food, drink, so much more. And uh, don't forget about the Roaming Chainsaw Hordes. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, which is just, it's one of those those little elements that I love sitting around watching every single year, especially when they, they pick out that one person who is so oblivious to the fact that they're around Usually and they're me. able to sneak up right <laughs> behind them, pull that chainsaw and just watch them jump out of their shoes. It is so incredible. But Charles, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. And uh, I, re I really appreciate all the extra information. And of course, get out here to Halloween Horror Nights. You still have plenty of time left again until November 2nd. But better act soon and get out here so thank you again and thank you scare you later yeah <laughs> we'll head back to the studio now and wrap up the show that was very very fun uh, again thank you so much to uh, our our representative at universal i won't name drop her 
Uh, but she knows who she is, and so thank you for setting up the interview, and thank you, uh, Charles, for, for talking to us. And, yeah, thank, thank everyone involved for it. It was a really good time. A lot of fun. I hope it's the first of many of these little uh, mm. extra things that we get to do there. It was so. cool to be in a real a studio. Yeah. I don't mean that in a backhanded way. Oh, but also, yeah. So, uh, But in a, I should have said it in a professional setting. Oh, yes. We make it as professional as humanly possible. Oh, but. yeah. No, no, absolutely. It's... It, it, between that, it, we that was that place. Literally, they used to do live radio broadcasts out of there. So it's cool to see it how it was set up for radio broadcasts and like see the equipment. Like, okay, this is yeah, this is awesome to be in this room. And then because uh, I've been in them before, but never in the middle of a theme park. So that was cool. But then uh, we also earlier in the earlier in the week when we were in California, we got to see inside a podcast recording studio specifically conan o'brien's podcast Mm. recording studio and saw how they set that up and like just the equipment they use for microphones and and everything it was like the the fact i wish we could have it for our walt disney world edition podcast the fact that they have like their their entire headphone box like a bunch of basic stuff that would be really easy to do if we had an infinite amount of money but yeah uh and uh, yeah so we're gonna hopefully make it all happen happen one day but very cool we to do took that. pictures oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes I, I brought out a pen and pencil and just wrote down specs and all of that it was it was informational but now we'll get to the part of the episode that most people i think were probably tuning in for hearing our personal opinions on where you should go to uh to kick off your your experience before you head to universal and i mean let's be honest we really mean where to pregame for halloween horror nights because a lot of people that are going to the event say I I'm I really want to go. I love going to the event, but I might need like a drink or two before I can actually handle the event. Break that anxiety down a little bit. Exactly, and I think we have a a couple a couple choices for you. The parking uh, lot. No, just kidding. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, a Don't cooler in your parking lot. In the parking lot. Don't do that. Yeah. But someone it, has. No, then no tailgating at Universal Orlando. I, I'm sure someone has tailgated, but don't be the first person to do that and uh, get in trouble your night that you're going to HHN or just going to the parks in general. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lift list off five here, ranging uh, Summit City Walk and one in the park, one in the one at a hotel that was my choice. That uh, excuse me, off. I was like, well, I thought we were done four. Now there's a fifth one. Yes, so there there is a fifth one that I'm adding in because I. I demand it to be in. But anyways, we'll uh, so uh, I think the first preamble we're going to say is obviously... The preamble? Are we getting ready to free this, this nation of ours? <laughs> yes, yes. Our first preamble, our first uh, precursor to the list, I would say, uh, you know what, a, a lot of the universal-run establishments are going to be uh, just pretty much your, your straight-up, like any theme park, no, no discounts on alcohol, all of that. But, however, Universal is lucky enough to also work with a lot of third-party companies that can offer special deals on uh, on their drinks, even sometimes food. So I think the first thing to say is keep an eye out as you're walking around City Walk for any signage that might be yeah. advertising happy hour prices. Yeah, because sometimes I see the the – I'll see the like the A-frame, the stanchion outside of the Lone Palm, and I'm like, oh, a happy hour, you know. And yeah. 
and it could happen anyway. I mean, like Bubba Gump, it could technically happen. Uh, any any place that is is not directly universal run, they can have. But speaking of Lone Palm, that's actually the first uh, the first thing on our list that we're going to mention is Lone Palm, right outside of Margaritaville. I feel like it's a nice place because you don't have to go in anywhere. You can just walk right up. You can walk right up to the bar, or you can sit at a high top real quick and just sit and have a nice conversation for a few minutes and enjoy a beverage. You know, it's not they do serve some um a couple of items i believe um and so you could you could have a bite if you need but um well the, i the last time i was there and it has been a while since i've ate outside but the last time i was there they offered if you wanted it you could technically do the full menu oh, at margaritaville okay. but of course it's been a while usually when i stop at lone palm it's because I'm like, okay, well, I know they're running the best deal you can get on Landshark. And are you, they sure so are. So you just yeah. go just go for Landshark, basically. Yeah. And they'll have a million different drinks made with Landshark, too. They'll yeah. have the Landsharkarita or the land, the Shark Bite or the yeah. whatever. But I don't know. I feel like I oftentimes when we're just looking for somewhere to just grab a quick drink, it seems like the easiest uh, – Easiest one, kind of just tucked on the side there as you go up toward um, Islands of Adventure, and you could have a drink or two and then mosey on over to Universal Studios. Oh, a- absolutely. And I'm, it, it, I have seen it when it's gotten so busy that there's no tables and no room at the yeah. bar available, uh, but I would say that's a rarity more than anything else. You know, it's it, it will happen, but it's not it's not the norm. It's not like you're always going to see it. It's not and the norm, McDonald's. I, I love especially like you know if, if for HHN if you're waiting to go later in after it starts to get dark, like you can usually watch some pretty awesome sunsets mm. from mm. Lone Palm sitting out there because you're There's looking a nice breeze going out there oh, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and you're always you're looking right across at Tusum and the the uh, the the, the watch tower at the the oh, lighthouse the at <laughs> the lighthouse at islands of adventure and obviously all the way over to universal Studios, seeing the arch and the globe and hard rock it just it's it's a really beautiful area looking down at the water just really relaxing uh drink prices again not not bad you can, you can get grab some your drink to go deals. with you too and just w- carry it along because yep. it's all the same liquor license and city walk so yep. so can't bring it in the park yep. with you but you can bring it to the park entrance with you Yes, yes, and so well. Moving along with that, also another place. Maybe, uh, maybe the the margaritas and and land shark isn't really your speed, but you like a nice frozen drink, and you like a nice frozen strong drink. Well, we would recommend heading to Fat Tuesdays. Something yeah. I don't recommend all the time, but uh, random nights where we we go out binge drinking at City Walk, it seems like you always end up at Fat Tuesdays at some point. Well, you know, if you go with Eli, you're always there. <laughs> um, I don't know how many of those fat tuesday cups we own and i have been to fat tuesdays like once but i've been more than once i'm just being facetious but i i like this selection of drinks i like that you can mix them which is fine yeah. so they're all these pre if you're not familiar they're all these like pre-made drinks and these like grenada machines that are you know the slushy machines and and um so you know they'll be like uh there could be like a hurricane and then they have all these names for the other ones but yeah. um you can mix and match them they'll let you try them um you know if you're not if you're unsure but then you can also get the floater in there for like a dollar more or something yeah. like that one or two dollars more maybe but yeah um and, and I, they're, they're good 
Yeah, I would honestly say that for a person like me who doesn't really care for sweet drinks, uh, there are a couple on the menu that are are definitely on the sweet side. But yeah. the drinks, from my experience of many years of having them, they usually range from strong to really strong. So at the same time, too, if I'm sucking down some sweet drink, if I can at least have it strong, then at least at least that's kind of making up for it. But the one ninety octane, I believe, is the strongest one. I yeah. I, yeah, I was trying to look up the name of it. I knew it had numbers in it. Yes, I believe that is you're correct on that. And you know, it's it, the awesome part about it is it really is just this walk up window that's right in City Walk. So uh, it it will get a line on extremely busy nights, but like pre-Halloween Horror Nights, stuff like that, uh, just random time in the park, leaving to go take a break and, you know, coming back at night, but you want to drink before you go back in, uh, It's you're just going to walk right up. It's very simple. And like Rhino said, you can get the, the refillable cup there. And uh, Yeah, I think it's like... I, I, it's like a little bit of a deal. So if you're yeah. a local, you could you, you know the trick is remembering it because I think that, like I said, there's like three or four of them in my house, and none yeah. of them have had more than one drink in them. Um, but you get like I I want to say the refillable one is like 22 ounces, and yeah. so you're paying the price of like a 16, a 12 or a 16 ounce drink. So yeah. you're basically getting like another half a drink for free every time you get a drink. Yep. Yeah, that's a deal that users should definitely think about. So then another place we think you absolutely uh, would would love to, to pregame before going in, a place that I have pregamed many times before going into Halloween War Nights and honestly just the theme parks in general uh, because it's uh, – I mean it, you can safely say it's pretty much Rhino and I's favorite spot to do anything at Universal City Walk, and that is NBC Sports Grill and Brew. Yeah. They have, they, they have a nice – large selection of all uh different types of like local beers and all that stuff and um craft beer which is really nice and then they also have the standard if you know if you're a bud light guy there's plenty of that there's plenty of that everywhere but like i i like it because it's also very informative about the beer too so it's not like you have to like struggle or look anything up it's everywhere in the book it's got all the information you need about the beer oh yeah no and it's i mean it is a full full bar so this is where if you're not just interested in beer oh uh, yeah, yeah you have plenty of selections of wine that you could choose from lots of mixed drinks mm-hmm. uh, any any mixed drinks combinations that you want on your own but yeah i mean the king here is your craft beer selection and pretty much the best and you know no, this is this is where it's like difficult. Is I don't want a walk-up bar to sit out there. I'm just realizing that. Yeah, you can upstairs. Wa- not upstairs. Oh, downstairs. downstairs. Yeah, in yeah. the corner. I'm an yeah. idiot. Never yeah, mind. no, yeah. upstairs. I've only ever been to tables, but downstairs. Yeah, this, if you walk on the side closer to Voodoo Donuts. Yeah, I, the, I forget because they make you go around the other way sometimes now. So I'm like, eh. yeah, no, it's like I, I usually don't have problems ever finding seating at the bar, and that's where I was gonna. I I was going to include Hard Rock Cafe on this list because I always can walk up and get a spot there. However, I feel like their beer selection isn't that good. It's they've got a couple good ones, and you know all all the mixed drinks and stuff you could want. But uh, that that's kind of the problem with City Walk. I feel like with with some of the selections you can make, like like we love twosome, but as a place to do pre gaming and pre drinking, I don't. I don't feel like there's enough variety there. Yeah, I don't want to down – I mean, don't get me wrong. I will always recommend if you go to Tucson, you always should try one of the old fashions, like the, the one of the chocolate cherry ones or something like that. Those are – with the chocolate whiskey yeah, is really but, good. But like 
I don't want to pound that before. Not that I'm saying you're pounding a bunch of beers, but it's not. It's not. It's a drink I want to enjoy. Yeah, and like, and this is more like get the nerves off, you know. Yeah, I don't want a belly full of those before yeah. going in because they are. It's a very rich uh, drink. Yeah. in general, and you know that kind of that also falls in like. Uh, with with something like uh, Cowfish, where I love the drinks at Cowfish, yeah. their beer selections good, not great, and their their cocktails are obviously amazing. But you might not want that that much uh, indulgent cocktails before you're going into the event. And you know, it's and obviously we chose Lone Palm over Margaritaville, but still very very. You basically get all the same stuff. So uh, it's I felt like that was the stronger choice. But NBC. I feel like that's you're going there for craft beer first and foremost, and you're going to find some great ones, including the beer that's made just for them. The the eight six seven IPA. That's mm. literally that is my go to beer when I go there. It's it's nice hoppy. Actually, still has a, a hint of malt into those to keep that little bit of sweetness, but not not too much. So uh, sometimes I, I start to break out when I have too much malt. In, in my beers too so uh just a really really nice well-rounded beer and of course uh you know plenty of tv to watch plenty of conversations can be had in there yeah. i really enjoy it i do okay. i like it too oh, you okay. can share a giant pretzel while you're there too mm-hmm. and snacks that's a good point on that one too lots of delicious they, appetizers they do a lot of yeah they have a nice yeah. variety of appetizers yeah. in there yeah so uh my my next choice this is the one where i'm gonna divert for a second here and just because mm-hmm. i've whether it's for Mardi Gras, Universal Mardi Gras, or or uh, Halloween Horror Nights, I found I've ended up here way too often. Uh, and that is the lo- the bar. I almost said the lobby bar, but it's not a lobby bar. But the bar that is outside of the Palm, so it is still I- part of the Palm. But uh, and I know this is this is a big stretch on it. But well, the the secret behind this is that uh, you know you can uh, it it. Um, it, the hotels you can actually get your parking validated as long as you buy something at one of the restaurants so self parking will be completely validated for parking there and then uh like if you want to do valet i think it's five dollars with your with your validation and mm-hmm. so you know that's it's where you there's been times where it's like okay i really need to get there quick and but I can also take time to get there get for a to drink. Get a drink. Interesting. Yeah, now I know why you're always running up. No, it's a, but also then you're parking a lot closer. And I know there's the excuse of don't take away parking spots from people, stuff like that. It it happens where you need to get into somewhere a little bit quicker. You want that easier access getting out at the end of the night, and it's it's an option. It really is an option. And so it's yes, there is in terms of drinks. It's mainly like it's a place where you want to go and feel classier. You want to have that nice cocktail or a glass of wine but i like it solely for the fact that yeah you can get your parking validated and you're closer and so you can't do it before you head into pregame well you can always do it afterwards Mm. if you really have to at 1 (laughs) a.m who stays till the end who who are you an owl? Oh, yes, I am. Hootie the owl? Yeah. And finally, on our last choice here, uh, it's, of course, a solid one, specifically pre-gaming before Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, I feel like this is the place that defined pre-gaming before Halloween Horror Nights, and that is Finnegan's. Mm-hmm. 
I we have some friends of the show, Alex and Michelle. This is I knew they were at Halloween Horror Nights, and I knew I didn't even text them when I got in the park. I was like, I know where to go, and I went to Finnegan's, and sure enough, Alex and Michelle were right in front of me in line, and I was like, hi. hi. So we had it. We had a. We had a. I had two beers in the like two hours I was in there or something like that yeah. because it was during the holding time. It's in one of the if you're doing a stay and scream time yeah. or something. So I'll meet them a little early, and then. You know, and then I'm good to go for the event and then scare it all out of me for the next couple yeah. hours and then I'm good. Yeah. I mean, part of it is Stay and Scream has evolved so much from like the first couple of years that I was doing HHN and doing it back in in those days. It was like the thing that you did was you tried to get into Finnegan's nice and early and that way, you know, people weren't doing what they're doing now with Stay and Scream where if you're not in the corrals for whichever house you want to go to. Like with this year, you have the choice between Stranger Things or Ghostbusters mm-hmm. in that area. And it's you have to choose which one you want to get yeah, in. Yeah, they corral you and, separately this time. Yeah. And so with that, then it's like, okay, well, I have to make a choice on this one. And, you know, for Stranger Things, this, the last time Rhino and I did that together, we did the Stranger Things side, as I just said, and repeated Stranger now. Stranger Things. We yeah. got Stranger in. Stranger Things. Yeah. 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 Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And we got into our corral, I would say, probably about five minutes before five o'clock. And that put us in a position in the corral that we had close to a 50-minute wait in line. So that's – that is – in you know it's the reality of the event now but back in the day when when i first started doing stay and scream a lot you got you got in you went to finnegan's if you were lucky you got a table sat down you were able to eat have as many drinks as you want and then like 10 20 minutes before they'd start to let you go you could walk out to the area and you were fine and that's not the case anymore but the nice part is uh you have the full bar at finnegan's that you can go inside and order whatever you want so Mm. that's that's definitely the main staying point like i love in years ago that was if you stayed in that stay and scream area you could get into finnegan's and you could have the drinks there but that was your only choice like now i love that they open up some of the 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 tents that are right in that area including the hhn beer tents and because when i'm coming to hhn i want pumpkin head mm-hmm. that's that's my drink of choice they have lots of great beers on tap uh the the pre-mixed drinks but i want pumpkin head mm-hmm. while i'm there they don't serve that in Finnegan, so I have that choice. But not wanted, in all the carts either. So you got to keep your yeah. eyes out on that. Yeah, and if I wanted to have a classy lady night, a rich woman night, and I want vodka and soda, then at least I have that option in Finnegan's too. And you know, the nice part about being in there is, it, especially before HHN, everyone is there for the exact same reason. They're all looking to to get their drinks, get the excitement started, and I think it's an awesome place. But after the event starts, unless you want liquor. Get one of those beer tents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the beer tents and get yourself Otherwise you'll a wait, you'll head. end up waiting in line for a while inside of there. <laughs> ah, oh, my. You scared me. Yeah. Video, well, it, that, I think that was the bell that we have to finish. Oh. So, I mean, it was actually the bell that's saying that my video was done exporting. Oh. But uh, it's also, I mean, I guess that is the end of our list. So lots of great options, uh, you know, it, choices to pregame, whether it's you need a break before you end your night at the park or you're going in for HHN. And uh, obviously, we want to hear yours so it's not just about what we think it's about what you think so let us know where you like to to take a break and drink in the day or or what you like to hit before you go into halloween horror nights and maybe we'll consider it and maybe we'll even see you there once this season so 
that is it for this episode. Rhino, thank you so much for joining me in the oh, conversation. Yes, 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 of yeah. course. And uh, if, if anyone from Universal is watching, I'm sure you probably turned it off by now. But once again, thank you so much for uh, having us out to do the interview with Charles and, and setting that all up. It was really awesome. And thank you so much to everyone out there for listening and watching to this. So, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, hit that bell to get reminded when we have a new video going up and hit the thumbs up and leave us comments. And also, uh, it's you guys haven't been leaving the questions like we've been asking. I want to get that started back up again next week. So please leave us your questions in the comments below so that way we can answer them on next week's show at the end. So please, please, please do that. And of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google, any of the other Spotify, whatever you found us on, if you can subscribe to us there, please do so. If you can rate and review us, do that as well. And if you want to also get in on that question asking, remember, you can always reach out to rhino or i directly on on twitter and uh and also as well you can go to youtube just on the video not forcing you to watch it but go and leave a comment on there so thanks everyone for listening watching we hope you enjoyed it we'll see you again next week with another episode of the dis unplugged universal edition but until then remember we still have not changed the news.